but I am sharing a steadfast reminder that the Lord is your CEO, that you need to focus on using biblical principles to run your business, and that you must always seek expansion and growth through the use of kingdom multiplication rules. Welcome to the God is my CEO show. I'm your host, Gail Chalky. I am an entrepreneur, teacher, prayer warrior, and founder of the Impact Makers Journey Mastermind. I am passionate about helping Christian entrepreneurs transform their businesses through the power of God's mighty word. So tell me, are you intrigued by the thought of operating your business with the Lord at the center? Great, then you are in the perfect place. On this podcast, you'll learn why you need to focus on kingdom impact and how you can take those first simple steps towards making God your CEO. Get ready to hear stories from the Bible and interviews from modern Christian entrepreneurs for practical application in your business. This is a podcast to empower Christian entrepreneurs to rise up and magnify business success for God's glory. Are you ready to join the movement? Let's go. Hello, friends. Are you ready? Today, we are unwrapping the final element in our three-part discussion on Jesus and his invitation to you as a business owner. Stop what you are doing, take a deep breath, and just relax for a moment. Close your eyes and picture a shiny, brightly colored box wrapped up with a huge sparkly bow sitting right on top on a table right in front of you. That box has a name tag on it. Go ahead, take a peek. Yep, it's got your name on it. Open it up. What do you see? A simple invitation that says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of people. The invitation is beautiful. Somehow it even has a wonderful scent to it. And you feel a sense of peace as you stare at the words. Honestly, you don't even want to put it down for fear of losing it. Okay, you can open up your eyes now. Those words that were staring up at you on that invitation were the words that Jesus initially spoke to four of his disciples in Matthew chapter four, verse 19. But this invitation has been extended to you as well. The invitation is to follow him, be changed by him, and be totally committed to him in your role as a business owner. In episode five, we learned about the first element of discipleship, which is the importance of accepting his invitation by first learning how to follow him as a business owner. We explored the story of Mary and Martha and learned that the greatest resource the Lord has ever given to you 
is actually access to him. In episode six, we focused on the element of change in business discipleship. As we explored the life of Peter together, we learned that the Lord is inviting you to pursue the biggest change there is, a transformation of your heart and your mind to become more like him. You are a work in progress, but he has a clear vision of who you can become as a business owner and as a person through the Holy Spirit, through his word, and through a relationship with him and his people. Now, if you haven't watched either of these episodes, please make sure you do. It's meaningful to understand the details of all three elements of discipleship. They provide together the total beautiful picture. Today, however, we are going to dive into the third piece of his invitation to you, being totally committed to him as a business owner. So are you ready to turn to the Bible? We are starting way in the beginning, back in Genesis, chapters 6 through chapter 9, to the amazing story of Noah and the flood. So let's do a review together of the events. The earth was full of violence and corruption. The Lord saw the great wickedness of the human race and regretted that he had ever made them on earth. His heart was deeply troubled, and he decided he had to wipe out the humans, the animals, the birds, and creatures right off the face of the earth. Well, how did Noah fit into this messy narrative? Noah was righteous, blameless, and he walked faithfully with God. Because of these reasons, he had found God's favor. He was married and had three grown sons. So in verse 13, God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, 
and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Well, Noah did everything that God had commanded him to do. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. So once again, Noah did everything that the Lord had commanded of him. When the floodwaters actually came, Noah was 600 years old. Noah, his wife, his son's wives, and the animals who were in pairs as the Lord had ordered, all entered the ark to escape the floodwaters. After seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth and fell for 40 days and nights. Every living thing perished on the earth. The only thing left was Noah, his families, and the animals on the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Well, the ark was protected by the Lord from all this devastation and finally came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. When Noah turned 601 years old, the water had dried up, and about a month or two later, the earth was totally dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah obeyed and emptied the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Well, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and night, day and night will never cease. God blessed Noah and his sons, telling them to multiply and fill the earth. He established a covenant with Noah and his descendants, promising that never again 
will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. He finished his promise by adding, whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So a simple righteous man named Noah was basically called to save humanity in this story. He stepped up to this calling despite numerous challenges. Are you starting to see how this story relates to your role as a business owner? Well, let's look a bit more deeply into Noah's situation. So number one, no doubt he remained totally committed to the Lord throughout this long, arduous, and challenging time. Number two, he was always obedient and did exactly what the Lord asked. Number three, he labored on a construction that seemed nearly impossible from the size alone. Some historians suggest it took him and his family at least a hundred years to complete. It was huge. It was over 500 feet long times 50 feet high, which is approximately the length of one and a half football fields times a four-story building high. Crazy. You could actually put 450 large trucks inside. Number four, Noah and his family had primitive tools at that time. It's not like today. This was a long, rough process. And number five, they also had to have systems on board the ark to feed water and clean up after all those animals. So to me, this sounds like a logistical nightmare, <laughs> not to mention the scornful way that others around him must have treated him and his family as they spent so many years building what must have been viewed as a great monstrosity to them. Yet, Noah was committed. He was committed to being faithful to the Lord's calling on his life. And with much persistence and hard work, he completed this tremendous task that in the end saved humanity and resulted in an everlasting covenant between God and all the living creatures on earth. Now, the Lord chose Noah for this tremendous task because he knew he could depend on him. In return, Noah was rewarded for his commitment to the Lord because he kept his promise to Noah and he saved him, his family, and all the animals. So, why has the Lord called you to be a business owner at this time? Well, this is because he knows that you can do it. Why were we all called to start different types of businesses? Just like there are all those different animals on the ark, we all have different businesses. And it's because he has given us 
all unique gifts and talents to share with others, to use to bring glory to him and his kingdom. So today we're talking about commitment. It is the third element of discipleship. We know that Noah himself is the ultimate example of total commitment and obedience to the Lord. Now, don't go and think that Noah was perfect because he was not. My question is, how can you show that type of commitment to the Lord in your business? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 reminds us, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. This means that when your work aligns with God's will, then success will follow in God's way and in God's time. Now, please note, I am not promoting the prosperity gospel here at all, but I am sharing a steadfast reminder that the Lord is your CEO, that you need to focus on using biblical principles to run your business, and that you must always seek expansion and growth through the use of kingdom multiplication rules. In other words, seek his discernment, wisdom, and advice at all times and in all circumstances. So I am sure you understand the importance of commitment to the Lord as a business owner, but why then is it so difficult to do and to maintain? And it is. Let's look at some of the reasons why people give up on this piece of discipleship in their business. I want to share with you some of the most common reasons I see business owners struggling with commitment to the Lord in business. So if you are a note taker, here's a great time to get started. Jot these three things down. And if any of them apply to you, you can come back, write some notes, or pray about it. So the first thing I see is the belief that a Christian business should not be profitable. This in itself creates a lot of conflict for some business owners, and especially if they hear this from potential clients. Wow. If you aren't profitable, how can you grow and serve those the Lord sends to you? It would pretty much be impossible. God wants you to have all the money you need to do everything God wants you to do. That being said, here's the problem. Love of money itself is indeed the problem. We are warned in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now, there is a difference between cultivating God's blessing to move your business forward and running a business where money itself is the idol. Can you see that difference? For more information on this topic, I highly recommend 
reading the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 13. Now, a second belief that I see makes commitment difficult is the fact that in our society, there is this huge overriding belief that we should not seek help of any kind, that the true winners in this world are those who do it and make it all on their own. And this is actually an issue with pride. So if you turn to the Lord for help, this mentality suggests that you are weak and you may feel embarrassed that you have to do this, but I can tell you instead, you should feel empowered because you will be stronger. Listen to this warning in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 about being prideful. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Another verse, James chapter four, verse 10, clearly states, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Friend, we want to be lifted up. The third belief that I would like to address today that really makes a commitment to the Lord difficult at times as a business owner is the feeling that you are alone. Yes, there are many more businesses operating under secular principles than under biblical principles. Well, does that make it wrong? Look at Noah. He ignored everyone around him and obeyed the Lord. The Lord actually chose him because he was faithful and righteous. Yes, it is definitely harder to find articles about kingdom business growth, harder to mention the Lord when you are at a business conference, and perhaps even scary to put up a cross on an office wall where there are other people. But that doesn't make it wrong. The solution here is to make sure you are in connection with other business believers, that you lift one another up, that you share the gospel with each other and discuss how to grow your impact in a way that pleases and serves the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And finally, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 proclaims, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Wow. Think about that. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This assures us that in order to make yourself better, you need to be with others in mentorship and collaboration. So with the knowledge that the Lord is always by your side and filled, overflowing with love and grace for you, you can remain committed to him in all you do in your business. I know you can. So as I finish up this three-part series on business discipleship, 
let's go back to that gift we opened up early in our discussion today. Remember how it felt to open up that shiny colored box with a sparkly bow on top with your name on it? You can open that box up each and every day of your business. That invitation is waiting for you to follow him, be changed by him, and remain committed to him in your role as a business owner. Go for it and be blessed this week. Are you looking for a supportive community of motivated Christian women business owners? Join the complimentary Arise and Thrive Business Collective, where women business owners join together as the body of Christ to enjoy networking, free events, and prayerful inspiration. The link to join the collective can be found in the show notes. I can't wait to see you inside our community.